Hello, everyone, and welcome to His Only Vice, the film podcast where we discuss the movies that shaped us. You guys, you are in for a real treat this episode. Not only are we talking about one of my fave movies, we're talking about the Oscars, we're talking about an origin story for the books, we're talking about so many things, and we're talking about it with one of my favorite people on this earth. It's Kevin Wong. Kevin! Oh my goodness, hello. Hello. The first previously mentioned person to guest on the pod. Yes, a reference. Yes. A reference, yeah. A we foreshadowing. Have, we have a star in our midst. <laughs> um, Kevin, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm good. Um, we're coming off of this um, Oscar season. What do we think? You know, prior to that Sunday night, I talked a lot of shit about the Oscars. Okay. Right? <laughs> um, the voting system was wrong. Yeah. The Academy makeup was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, coming out of last year's Oscar with Green Book winning, it was just, Girl. I mean, over Roma, like it just didn't make any yeah. sense or, to me. Or the favorite. Or the favorite. Absolutely. Two like literal magnum opus pieces. Absolutely. Um, and the Green Book. Right. We're not going to talk about that. No. Um, We're not going to waste your time, listener, talking about Green Book. Exactly. Because the folks who are listening to this podcast know who the right winner was. Right. They sure Um, do. But after this Sunday night, I took back everything I said about the Oscars. (laughs) Right. All it took was one redemption. Yeah. I mean, it made absolute sense. The entire night just made absolute sense. Yeah. Yeah. Except one part. Well, do, we, do we know what we're thinking? Maybe. Eminem. What? Eminem. That made no sense. What the fuck was that? I have a lot of like opinions about Billie Eilish. Eilish. Um, but like that face that she made about like Eminem singing on stage was yeah. very much just like representative of like how I felt. And how, I'm sure like yeah. most people felt. Yeah. I mean, like that song will get like everyone hyped no matter what, which is problematic because Eminem is problematic. But I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, it won a best song Oscar, that song. Right. But it wasn't like a 20-year anniversary. It was like an 18-year anniversary or something. Right. It's so random. You know what? They could have just given me Shallow Part 2, and I would have been perfectly happy with that. Right. Yeah. It was like, it was wild. Right. And actually, um, I was really... So the day that Cats was removed from the For Your Consideration like page and uh-huh. campaign was the same day that I watched the movie. We're talking about a, we're talking to a Cats stan here, yes. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I didn't know like what Cats was. Like I, you know, was like born in like mid nineties where like Cats was like not a thing anymore. And like I've I've obviously like heard about it in reference to like a lot of pop culture things. But I watched it for the first time. And um, listener, I will admit to you that. We did fall asleep for a good half of the movie, but we woke up at the right time. During Cats. During Cats. Okay. Um, and to watch Jennifer Hudson sing Memory. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And after I watched it, I was like, I'm kind of upset that like Cats didn't have any like mentions except for like James Corden and yeah. what what's her face? Like Rebel do, Wilson. Right, yeah. Rebel Wilson, like coming up in Cats. Like I actually kind of wish that Jennifer Hudson sang Memory during yeah. the Oscars. I think that would have been so epic. It but. it couldn't. It was like it couldn't be nominated because right. it's like a remake. And oh, is that why? Yeah, and oh, it, it wasn't the original song. Yeah, it has to be written for the film. That's too bad. Um. Yeah, but that movie is really something. <laughs> sort of snubbed it for Best Picture, you could say. Right. Um. 
Yeah, so we stand the Parasite win. I mean, absolutely. S- absolutely screamed when I won. Right. <laughs> I, like, jumped up. Like, my dog was so scared. Yeah. <laughs> didn't you know what was like, going on. thought you guys were being robbed. Yeah. When Bong won director... My God. The goop. I know. Did you see Sam Mendes' face? Yes. He was like, oh, okay, well, that's right. cute. Right. Um, but, bitch, he won everything else, so he's fine. He already has an Oscar. Yeah. Give it when, to Bong. Exactly. When, um, when he, like said that quote about like um you know making like the best is like the most personal or whatever the oh quote yeah was. the truth is like the, the right best art or something yeah it yeah, was yeah. like he said it was like martin scorsese right yeah yeah but i it was so funny because i was watching it and i was like martin scorsese it's probably just thinking who said that yeah he's probably like <laughs> i said that yeah he's, he's like, like i said that <laughs> how who knows how many years ago yeah literally um so kev we like to begin this pod with yes. a little a little um dive into your tastes okay which this this one right here you guys is a man of taste oh my god no (laughs) um although he does like to frequent my dms dragging me for my tastes so (laughs) he's lucky i'm saying yeah um we have famously disagreed on lana del rey but most of our movie tastes are pretty similar (laughs) yes well Um, listener um dylan the host of this podcast wants me to claim (laughs) that what was her name? Maggie Rogers? Oh my, here we go. Who yeah, was a Maggie better Rogers. artist than Lana Del Rey? I know you're <laughs> gagging. You just paused it, didn't you? To like think to yourself. So. You're going to get me absolutely canceled. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I love Maggie. I can't get into Lana, listener. I can't do it. Well, you know. Some girls. <laughs> Taste. Some some have Ooh. it and, and some don't. Ooh. That's just, you know. How You've heard it here yeah. first. <laughs> um, so let's find out if you have it, Kevin. Oh my goodness. Okay. So. First up, fave move, as in favorite movie. Um, plural or singular? You, it can be plural. Okay, so... It seems that nobody in the world can nail it down to one. It's hard. Yeah, it it's hard. hard. And, like, you know, I thought a lot about, like, what movie I would want to talk about for this podcast. And mm-hmm. I thought, like, okay, well, like, Kevin, what's your favorite movie? And no matter how hard I tried to think of any other movie, like it really did come down to Lady Bird. Yes. Um, and you know, and we'll talk about obviously like why that is the case, but other movies that were definitely in Spoiler that... alert listener. The movie we're talking about today oh, is yes. Lady Bird. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the others. Yes. Uh, not a lady, not yet a bird. Yes, that's right. Oh, um, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Exactly. exactly. Greta Gerwig and Britney Spears in this essay. I will. Right. Right. Um, but some of my favorite movies have you heard of this one movie called Wachita? i feel like you've told me about yes it. Yeah. i it's like i feel like i've been the only person to ever know about this movie and it was like such a cute i think it was like pretty indie um it took place in saudi arabia i believe and it was um directed by a female director from that area and it was actually the first movie i believe to be filmed in the area Okay, and work. it's about this young little girl like coming of age, and all she wants is this bike that she sees in a storefront. Okay, um, but she doesn't have the money for it, and so what she does is she enters a Quran reciting competition. Okay, because she realizes that the prize money is enough to cover for the bike. Oh my god, it sort of sounds like um, uh, that Broadway show that happened recently. What the Constitution means to me, I think, mm. where basically um, I don't know if you've heard of that, but she enters a um constitution debate oh wow thing to like win prize money love, anyway. love 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 yeah it's a great coming of age story and it was just so beautiful love that i'll have to um, add that to my list i've yes. never seen that one yeah it's good i highly recommend it listeners 
Um, I also really love Best in Show. Oh, don't get me started yeah. on Best in it's, Show. I mean, Christopher Guest, like, it's yeah. absolutely fantastic. All the characters are just so kooky and... I mean, the cast. Hello. My goodness. Like, yeah. this generation, this generation. I'm speaking as if we're not, like, <laughs> from the same generation. Um, but, like, the young, these young girls, they don't know. They yeah. think that Miss Catherine O'Hara is only from Schitt's Creek. Right. Little do they know, right. honey. She's had many She's lives. been doing Christopher Guest right. brilliance for years. Brilliant. Um, and Miss Jennifer Coolidge in that movie. I mean, it, and it's, Yeah. Listen up, folks. That will be a movie discussed in this podcast. That's a little spoiler as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I fucking love Best in Show. I'm so glad you said that. And, like, some movies are so, like, um, you know, obviously a reference to, like, real life, like, the Westminster Kennel Show. Mm-hmm. But we attended, Chris, like, Chris and I, my boyfriend, have attended the Westminster Kennel Show. Mm-hmm. And these people are, like, so reflective. The cast is yeah. so reflective of the actual people that mm-hmm. go to these shows. It's oh, actually yeah. insane. Yeah. Good sketch comedy or improv comedy in that case is right. like based in truth. Right, right, definitely. Um yeah, I love that one and I love Waiting for Guffman too. Y- yes. The outfits in that Christopher Guest wears in Waiting for Guffman yes. are legs and dirty. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's quite a wide range of we got Ladybird, we've got Watchita. Watch it, uh, yeah. And Best in Shari, which I'm addicted to. Um, and Kev, what are some of your fave movie stars? Okay. The stars so, of today, tomorrow, and future. I mean, obviously, Sersha Ronan. Mm-hmm. And Sersha mm-hmm. as an S-I-R space <laughs> S-H-A-W. Yes, of course. I actually Sir don't Shaw. know if anyone has ever... Refer- like like typed it out that way because you know, first and only time I've ever seen someone type it out that way was from Miss RuPaul <laughs> because I think she didn't Wait. know how to spell her first name. Did oh my god really? Yeah. When, when did that happen? Like like while, on Twitter. I or think something? when like Lady Bird first came out. Gotcha. She like tweeted out something about like loved Sersha. <laughs> oh my god, I'm addicted. <laughs> In Lady Bird. That's yeah. That's so funny because now we famously text each other Sersha Ronan. Right. Only spelled that exactly. way. Yeah. I will never learn how to spell it the right way. To yeah. be honest. Swarcy is basically right. the beautiful. right way. It's a beautiful name. Um, okay. Yes. We love Sersha. We love Sersha. Um, love. Okay. This is going to make me sound so basic. Go for it. I, honest to God, love Laura Dern. I mean, how can she, you not? I want, like, she just genuinely seems like a fantastic person she's having like a a really amazing career resurgence right now like between like big little lies and um um star wars Mm -hmm. and her now oscar winning role in marriage story um she is like really on the up again right right which is so great because like she's been doing great work forever i mean blue velvet hello um, but yeah, we loved that. We loved watching her mom watch her win an Oscar. Oh my god, so cute, so cute. Um, okay, Laura, Sersha. Okay, and then um, Viola Davis. I mean, Ugh. what a trio! I women, women, women. <laughs> you know, you know that you know this most recent Charlie's Angel remake. Uh, don't know her. Sorry. Oh, no. right. What we should have gotten was Miss Sersha, Miss Viola, and Miss Laura <laughs> giving us a Charlie's Angel remake. We need a Stepper a Stepford Wives remake with that. Yeah, guess. really. Or make not Stepford Wives. Um Right. Hollywood, make it happen. And make it happen. Wait, what was I gonna not Stepford Wives, um First Wives Club. Yes. Honey, that would be drag. I've actually never seen that. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Miss Bette Midler. Yeah. Um yeah, we love that. Um 
I've like said my favorites on this podcast a million times, but you know, Juno, oh, Lady Bird is one of mine. Love. Um, Parasite is like maybe in my top movies now because yeah. I I like haven't stopped thinking about it since yeah. I saw it. Um, but yeah, let's um let's get into Lady Bird. Let's yes, get into let's Miss do Let's it. get into Why Miss Lady Bird. Um, let's jump right out the gate saying that. I do, yes, share a last name with Miss Ladybird Christine McPherson. So I feel an extra kinship to her. Um, and Kevin has taken to calling me Christine every now and then. Well, do you remember the day that I came up to you and I was like, Dylan, I just realized your last name is McPherson. Yes. <laughs> you remember I that remember day. That day. Yes. Um, you guys have to know that me and Kevin, um, you know, we were friends before the 2017 Oscars, but I would say... This movie, Call Me By Your Name, and Get Out being released in the same year, like, really solidified our friendship. Definitely, yeah. Because um, that's all we would talk about. So right. we used to work together, me and Kevin, a little story of us. And then these movies came out, and it was over. It was over. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we haven't stopped talking about Lady Bird. Um, and so we thought it was only a pro-pro that we discuss. Absolutely. So a little background on the movie, if you haven't seen it, which, as I often say on this podcast, if you haven't seen this movie, what the fuck are you waiting for? It's directed by Greta Gerwig, written by Greta Gerwig. It's sort of a love letter to Sacramento. It's like so obviously, fiercely autobiographical. Um, it was released in September of 2017 at the Telluride Film Festival. That's like where the first audiences saw it, right? And then it was released wide in November of that year. And I remember sitting, so this is back in MoviePass days. I remember this is the first oh movie goodness. I saw. I literally got MoviePass to see Lady Bird. Um, it was the first movie I saw with MoviePass. I sat alone at like a 9.45 showing, uh, like an advanced showing at Lincoln Center. There was no one there. Because um, this is before Empty A-List. This, yes. is be- this is before MoviePass really took off. So like movie theaters were like kind of dying before right. this, right? Before this like new subscription model that we have. And so nobody was there. It was like, you know how Lincoln Center AMC does those like early screenings? Yes. So if you don't live in New York City and you're listening to this, there's an AMC in Lincoln Center that um, will often uh, host like pre-screenings of movies the night before, right? So I went to that. I was like the second audience to see Lady Bird. And I sat in the balcony of the old theater one of Lincoln Center and cried alone watching this movie. Oh my God. It was... It truly is so special. I, I hold it as, like, one of my favorite movie-going experiences. I don't know why. Like, watching this movie and, like, sort of just letting it wash over you, it was, like, whoa. Yeah. I don't know if you, like, feel the same about watching it the first time, but we'll get into that. <clears throat> so, can I just say, I yeah. had no idea that your first experience with Lady Bird was at the Lincoln Center. Yeah. Because I actually found out about Lady Bird uh-huh. by waiting in line to see an early screening of Call Me By Your Name. Oh, no way. Yeah. And, um, so I was waiting in line at Lincoln Center. The line was so long. It was very much like first come first serve if okay. you didn't already have tickets. Yeah, yeah, And I didn't get into the screening of Call Me By Your Name, but I was number four. And so I waited for like four hours that night Oof. in the cold. And I was talking to the guy in front of me and I was like, do you think we're going to get in? And he's like, to be honest, like, I don't know. He was like, this line is so much longer than when I saw Lady Bird. And I was like, oh, okay. No idea what Lady Bird was. Had mm-hmm. no clue. Little did you know. Right. Little did I know. <laughs> and so then I go home and then I remember, so I was a senior in college and I had a lot of time during finals week. Wait, what the fuck? Senior in college? How old are you? Um, I'm beep. I'm just kidding. I'm 24. <laughs> are you really? Yeah. 
okay, listener, I thought me and Kevin were the same age for the last <laughs> however many, three years that I've known him. Awkward. I mean, okay, basically you young are. bitch. Um, but yeah, so similar to you, I had my movie pass and I abused it. Oh my oh, goodness. Used abused and abused. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember the very first movie I saw in my movie pass was Lady Bird. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I kept, I watched it like three or four times in the movie theater. Oh, Hondo. <laughs> right. Um, I've seen this movie an embarrassing amount of times. Same. <laughs> um, as you know, like I want to, you know, write movies and TV. And so I literally study the screenplay because it is so, so good. Brilliant. So brilliant. Um, and it sort of set like a new standard for like our generation's movie watching in that like all of the scenes are like 90 seconds or less. Mm-hmm. Like it's like little like digestible chunks of life that like, and she put it together that way. And, and it was so smart because it told us so much in so little time. Right. And like our generation, like famously has no attention span. Right. So it plays out like you're binge watching right, right. someone's life. Really. Right. And the pacing is so good. The pacing too. is so good. Um, back to the stats. Um, it stars, you know, Sir Shaw Ronan, <laughs> um, Laurie Metcalf, who I personally think gave the best on-screen performance that year, but we'll get into that. Um, Tracy Letts, Lucas Hedges, Beanie Feldstein, Timothy Chalamet, Odiah Rush, Lois Smith. It, it was like, it's just so many of the... Yeah, the, super star cast. They're like new greats and the old greats, right? Um, and then to like jump into its awards report card really early um, in the app, it got five nominations and didn't win any Oscars. Yeah, they hate her. Yeah, what They the literally heck? hate her. Um I did read a, a pretty good joke once that was like, um, uh, Greta Gerwig is the only woman that the Academy loves, even though they keep like snubbing her basically because right. she gets nominated. Well, she's only done two movies really, but she gets nominated. She got nominated for both of them, at least for writing. And like nobody else does. Lulu Wong. Right. No, right. like nobody else. Does um, her husband Noah have an Oscar? Um, partner. First oh, of all, <laughs> yeah, they're, oh, not, they're married. not married. No, oh, shit. okay. They have a kid together though, and they're from Brooklyn, so partner works. Love. Um, from Brooklyn, they live in Brooklyn. Um, does he have an Oscar? No, no, he doesn't. I think he's only been nominated for um, Marriage Story and Squid and the Whale. Mm, I think. Got it. So um, I remember reading this funny tweet that was like, "Yeah, the Academy will only give like one Oscar per household because <laughs> like <laughs> Lulu Wang doesn't have any." But, yeah, like, but Barry Jenkins does, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, and but it did um, win big at the Golden Globes, which mm-hmm. sort of gave us Oscar hope. But that's never the truth because the Golden Globes are the drunk cousin of award season. Um, that being said, I will um, accept my nomination when it comes. <laughs> um, it won Best Picture, uh, Musical or Comedy, and Miss Sir Shaw won Best Actress, right? Musical or Comedy. Um, but anyway, so the movie begins with. Um, Lady Bird and her mom in the car, like at the end of their college tour, mm-hmm. right? And like college plays a big role in this movie. Like all of the conflict revolves around where she's going to go to school, yeah. pretty much. Um, and so she's in the car, and um, they're listening to Grapes of Wrath, right? <laughs> and in one moment, they're crying because of how lovely it is. And the next moment, they're sitting in silence, and you know, Lady Bird goes to put on music or whatever. Right. And Mary and her mother is like, "Can't we just sit in silence? Is it ever like good enough for you?" And then they immediately start bickering, right? right. And it leads to that great scene of her throwing herself out of the car. Right. The car. Um, that scene, I think, sets the tone for the movie immediately mm-hmm. and perfectly. Mm-hmm. You immediately see how much love they have for each other, 
but also how contentious their relationship is. Right. And I'm addicted to that opening right. scene. It is like one of the great um, atmosphere setting, um, relationship setting, like tone setting scenes of any contemporary movie I can remember. Right. I also remember in that first scene, I think it's in the first scene when um, she's like saying how she wants to go to college in New York and her mom's like, or her mom says, well, what about terrorism? And uh, she goes, don't be a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if that's between the mom and her. Or... Oh no, that's with Beanie. Is that with Beanie? Yeah, with Ju- Okay, with you're, right, Julie, you're right. Julia? Julie. 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 Yeah, yeah. She's you're right. She's you're in right, the grocery right, store. Right. She's like, don't be a, such a Republican. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. That's where it happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love our woke queen. We love our woke queen. This was sort of the world's introduction to Beanie. Right. Who's oh now like God, blowing yeah. up. Oh, my goodness. I mean, she had Booksmart this year. She's doing, she's like signed on to that um, Ryan Murphy project to play Monica Lewinsky. Um, she was in the Hello Dolly revival. That was a smash on Broadway's bet. Midler, or so she's like really blowing up, and rightfully so. She's mm-hmm. so so she's warm. So good. Yeah, she's so good. Um, what were your um, what are your immediate thoughts on this movie? On the labor? first time I saw it, yeah. So, I after watching it, like I didn't realize how much I was going to see myself, and um, you know, the not the struggles, but just like. You know, every kid has issues with his parents growing up, right? And, like, you go through, like, the teenage phase, and there's so much rebellion. There's so much yelling and screaming. And, you know, that one scene where she's, like, she holds up a a pen and a pad and goes, give me a number. Yes. She goes, so, listener, if you haven't read the, I mean, if you haven't watched the movie, there's a scene where, one of the many scenes where they're fighting, and she goes, give me a number. And her mom. she's like, I don't get it. For what? She's like, what do you mean? For what? Yeah. She's like, give me a number. So that when I grow older and make a lot more money, I can repay you for everything so that I don't have to feel like I was a burden to you. Yeah, and I don't have to speak to you ever again. My God. And then Lori, I'm getting chills. She goes, (laughs) well, I don't think you would ever make that much money or or something like that. And Like, who hasn't had a a moment like that with their parents, right? I actually... So I didn't really have that contentious of a relationship with my parents, but I do have one moment Mm. where I just remember like the pressure of college coming and like everything. I just completely snapped on my mom in the van. Um, We were driving home and we were like arguing about, I don't know, like a song on the radio because it said shit and her like her early childhood education kids were in the car. And um, I got out of the car when we got home after like a yelling match in the car. And I literally ran away. Like I ran down the street, like to this like industrial park and just sat in front of a tree and cried because I don't know like what, I had such a good relationship with my parents for that one moment. I was like feeling so stressed about college and like yeah. da, 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 da. And you know, like that big moment of like when everything changes. And for me, like I grew up in a really small town. So like I was just ready to get out and da, 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 da. And it just all boiled over. And so there's so many of those little scenes oh in this God, movie yeah. that I was like, ooh. Right. And can, so can I also just say like, you know, obviously representation and movies matter a lot. Right. And I'm not saying that it doesn't, but. I never thought that I, so like prior to Lady Bird, I've never watched a movie that resonated with me so much. And like, I saw so much of myself yeah. in Lady Bird. Despite the fact movie. that this is a straight white woman yeah. and you are a queer Asian man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get that straight. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, I, I didn't grow up in California. I, you know, I grew up in Elmhurst in Queens mm-hmm. and 
you know, parents of immigrants and we moved over to this country from Burma and I just saw so much of myself in Lady Bird and the only other movie that's really done that for me has been The Farewell. Oh. And which was a close second. Which everyone. was a very yeah, close second. To discuss on this pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, it's it's definitely Lady Bird and who would have thought that that a queer young Asian man would have seen himself in Lady Bird, but that's you know that's what happened and yeah it's just such a good movie i agree i found it um so strikingly universal yeah. and i think because of how specific it was mm-hmm. right so like the more specific you are i think in writing the more universal it becomes right. because somewhere along the line someone is going to read that or see that or whatever it is listen to something and be like oh this wasn't my exact experience but it evoked the same feelings right. um and like from the moment i saw it i was like wow this is special right um and it was sort of like the first movie to really um, make a splash that award season because it it came out like in november and then you know the eventual winner was shape of water that came out after that and um get out came out way before so Mm -hmm. i guess that was like the first um real uh movie to come out that award season but it came out not like in quote-unquote award season um and from then on i was just like that was my benchmark for that year yeah yeah exactly Um, but yeah, that was that was a really good year. Um, what's your favorite part? Oh my goodness, um, it's definitely the ending monologue. I knew you were gonna say that. I, you know, I mean, you yeah, know that about yeah, me. Yeah. It's um, listener. I knew that about him. Yes, I teed him up. <laughs> um, and famously, you you want the screenplay framed and yeah, hung up yeah, in your yeah. apartment. So when Chris and I moved from a studio into a one bedroom, I remember asking him. Subtle flex. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, no, stop. But I. I remember asking him, like, can we get this printed and just, like, you know, hung somewhere in yeah. the apartment? He's like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> we love a supportive queen. But I, I think about that ending monologue so much. And, like, rewatching it, like, it makes me cry every single time. And, like, yeah. I actually, um, during my commute over to Dylan's apartment to record this, I rewatched it. Spoiler alert, we... Spo- um, record this in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, sorry. We're in sunny California. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, in, a, yeah. in Hollywood studio. In a lot. studio in LA. Yeah. <laughs> um, in between takes of our right. motion picture. And I, I cried on the way here. Like there was yeah. like this man in front of me, and I just like full out cried <laughs> watching it. Like it was, it, it just is so perfect. And yeah. there's so much parallels between her and her mother. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first watched it in the theaters, do you remember that moment where she's driving in the car and she's asking her mother if she remembers the first time she drove in Sacramento mm-hmm. and all the bends and curves that she's ever known and her And the edits life? are happening where it's flipping between oh, her and her mom. Chills. Yeah. And then it cuts right into Marion. And um, John Bryan um, did the score for the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a beautiful track called Constellation that plays. Mm-hmm. My God. That it was just yeah, it's cherry, cherry yeah. on top. It's a brilliant way to end the movie, and I, if we're gonna like jump to the ending, the way that it's edited at the very end when she says, um, you know, the end of that monologue is essentially, "I love you." I'm dot dot dot. I love you, and it cuts before the exhale, right. which is so amazing. Mm-hmm. I took that as like. The final, um, it's like, the movie is such a, uh, an amazing, beautiful, heartfelt portrayal of what it feels like to be young and on the precipice of 
something, like the precipice of who you're meant to be, right? And I feel like Lady Bird in that moment has accepted like, it's okay for me to love where I'm from right. and it's also okay for me to want to leave. Oh my God, yeah. And so in that moment, she's like, I'm I'm accepting that I've left. I'm um, saying goodbye. I'm saying I love you. Now I can live in the space of the Venn diagram of New York and Sacramento and loving them both. And I think that, and if she had done the, it probably would have felt like a little on the nose, but like right. stopping, like editing right before she breathes out. Oh, it's so good. Cause it's like, where's she going right. after that exhale? And when she calls herself Christine, mm. oh, yes, such a turning yes. point, right? Our, our girl's all grown up. Mm-hmm. She's accepted that. And when she introduces herself to that college party guy yeah. near the ending and she calls herself Christine, it's yeah. just, but you can see that there's still parts of her that very much so wishes she was cooler than who she actually was. Right? Yeah. Cause she says that she's from Sacramento to that guy and he couldn't hear. And she goes, I'm from San Francisco. Yeah. Right. So, but she still calls herself, um, Christine and yeah. Um, but yeah. actually in that moment, uh, the way that I saw that, the, um, this most recent time that I watched it when he's like, where she's like, oh, I'm from Sacramento. And he's like, where? And she's like, she kind of like rolls her eyes and like deflates herself. And is like, San Francisco. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, I love San Francisco. Yeah. In that moment, like that was so familiar to me too, because I'm like, oh, I'm from Colchester. And people are like, what? And I'm like, Burlington. And they're like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, Vermont. And then they're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and that felt so familiar to me as well, because like, in that moment, she has ended up with, like, another um, elitist asshole, basically. Mm. Like, he, mm-hmm. he goes on to, like, make fun of her for her greatest hit CDs. Oh but they're the greatest. Right. And so, <laughs> even after all this time that she spends, like, wanting to be cooler, you, you, her, authentic, her authentic self really does shine through right. every time. Like, um, in that moment, she said, but they're the greatest, right? So, it's like, even though she may be trying to be, like, the coolest kid on the block... Um, that authenticity like always shines through, especially when she's in the face of some like douchebag, right? Like trying to be cool that right. she keeps winding up around, right? And like I think the parallel of that when she's still in Sacramento is when she's with you know Timmy, Timmy, and they um, just had sex, and he's like, "You're gonna have a lot of meaningless sex in your life," and she's like, "Ah, oh, but like this was supposed to mean something. Right. Like I just fucked up an entire experience. Um, like or, I did it all wrong. I just had a whole experience that was wrong. I think that's right. what the line right. is." And um, he says, um, well, different things can be sad. It's not, or he says something like, do you know how many um, soldiers have died in Iraq or whatever? And she right. says, um, um, different things can be sad. It's not all war. Right. And right. like that just like adds to the fact of like, you don't need to like put on this front to like be this big thing at 17. Like life doesn't need to be taken so right. seriously. Um, and I think that, like, really shines through with her so much. Right. And she's actually, like, Lady Bird is really, really smart. Yeah. Right? There are little things, like, little... Even though she keeps remarking about how bad at math she is. <laughs> that we know of. Right. right. <laughs> um, when, you know, when she's at that um, assembly talking about abortion. Oh, my God. And she says, just because something's ugly doesn't mean it's morally wrong. Yes. I, for, like, a 17-year-old to say that, like that's really, really smart, right? Yeah. And I yeah. don't think she got enough credit for how brilliant she was, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite part, we, we totally like spun out of control from your favorite part, but that's okay. That's what we do here. Yeah, we love that. Um, 
so your favorite part is the ending, obviously. We love. Um, the whole, like, ending sequence is amazing from the airport on. Oh, my God. Um, which will return to the oh. the car scene. Um, I think my favorite part... I, I think I have two. Three. <laughs> I can't decide. So, um, the, the first one that comes to mind is um, the scene when they're going to prom. And she's like, you know what? Actually, I want to go. Oh. And yes. Crash Into Me plays oh the David God. Matthews Band song. Yeah. Bitch. And he's like, this song sucks. And she's like, actually, I, I want to go to prom. That's right. like what really like throws her over the edge. Because I'm pretty sure that's the song she's crying to with Julie early it in is. the movie. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I, I love that scene. Right. That whole moment with like that Crash Into Me is playing right. just fucks me up. And that part where the girl in the back is like, who's Julie? And yes. she says, she's my best friend. Yes. Oh. Uh. Um, I love the part when, um, they are, um, looking for the prom dress. So there's two mm. sort of like famous dress scenes yes. in this movie. The prom dress one I really love, um, because it gives us that great, uh, that great moment of, I wish that you liked me. Oh my God. Oh, of yeah. course I love you. But do you like me? Yeah. Yeah. I want you to be the very best version you can be. What if this is the best version? Oh my god, that seems so real. Oh. That part really, like, when I was watching that, hit me like a ton of bricks, yeah. first of all. Brilliantly acted, brilliantly written, um, and it really, like, it, it poses, like, a really interesting question of, like, like, parents, I think, want us to be better versions of them, mm-hmm. right? And... Um, that scene, I think, really illuminates that and really hits hard. Right. Um, and then I I also really love the first dress scene, which is the Thanksgiving dress scene. Um, and that is when uh, there's that great sort of throwaway line that, like, builds the atmosphere for, like, where we are. Where she's, like, where Marianne's, like... Um, oh, you have to show me pictures of the kid at checkout or whatever. It, it like illuminates that small town, even though Sacramento is like a, you know, a big town, the right. capital of California, whatever. It like it gives you that idea of like wrong side of the tracks, quote unquote, oh, people really like all yeah. know each other and blah, blah, blah. And um, so that, that does a really good job of just like building the, the small town like mentality, which where I'm from, if you go to the grocery store, you will see someone, you know, right. so like it, it felt very real in that. Um, there's also in that scene, um, the, are you dragging your feet moment? Oh, or, or, um, are you tired? Yeah. No. Why? Well, because you're dragging your feet. I couldn't tell. Um, and she's like, well, why couldn't you just ask? And then it immediately switches to, oh my God, I love it. Right. When they find oh, the dress. So and so brilliant. once again, their regret is like illuminating how they may not always like each other, but they definitely love each other. Right. Uh, and I, I, just like went, I just went on such a tangent, but I love, I love those parts. And I feel like that's such a, um, mom and daughter relationship. Hondo. Right? Like, and like my mom and I have had that sort of like situations before as well. But like, I always think about like all the moms and daughters that I know, like have probably had that same exact dress scene where it's oh, like, yeah. you yeah. know, talking about something, arguing about something, but then immediately like clicking yeah. on, on yeah. something else. And yeah. it's just so brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Um, I also, as a, Musical theater student. Um, what was that? I, Sorry, can you just speak? I louder? studied musical theater in college. Oh, wow, um, okay. <laughs> and the theater scenes um, were punishingly yeah. accurate. Um, especially like the audition sequence where like 
um, Lucas Hedges sings and everyone falls in love with him. Mm-hmm. Talent crushes, bitch. Right. They were alive and well in right. high school and college. Um, and Kev, what's your least favorite part? Okay. It's so hard to choose a least favorite part of this movie, but first of all, there are no bad parts right. of this movie, but right. least favorite. So I agree there are no bad scenes, but I have found myself in the 11th time that I've rewatched this movie <laughs> um, that I've started to skip over all of the scenes with Timothy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's so like, not to say that he's not brilliant. Like, yeah, because he's, he's playing that character perfectly. He's so good at it. Yeah. He's so good at it. Like the whole tracking devices conversation. I can. So good. And then... He uses a cell phone later on. Yeah, yeah. When and they're he's driving like to reading, like, the history of the American president. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But yeah, I just, you know... And this takes place in 2002, everyone. Right. So it's, like, right after 9-11. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I just... I I thought he was, like, fine, like, brilliant, whatever. But I just wanted more of her with Beanie. Yeah. Her with Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. Like, I wanted all of that. And... Yeah, I mean, after she gave up Timothy, like, it, it's all good from there, right? Like, the last 25 minutes of the movie is just, like, pure. Release. Yeah, 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 so good. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I would say my least favorite parts of the movie are. I think so, too. Any scene with Timothy, because, like, that character, we all know that character. Right. It's the person that makes you change who you are to, like, get their approval mm-hmm. or, like, and then at the end of the day, doesn't even care. Right. As illuminated when Odai Rush's character is, like, who's Julie? Like they don't actually right. care about your life or like right, the right, details right. and the minutia. Right. They just like want to be around other quote unquote cool people. Right. And he's like so rich, right? Timothy Chalamet's yeah. um, family is like super, super rich. Yeah. They're and from the right side of the, the tracks. Right. They're from the quote unquote say. right side of the tracks. And, but he tries so hard to be like just down to earth and like yeah. not focus on money and yeah. whatever. And it's yeah. just, yeah. They must have had a really fun time writing his character. Um, Speaking of writing, this movie was originally like 280 pages of dialogue or something, Greta mm-hmm. has said in an interview, which um, in screenwriting courses and classes and what have you, is you, you, you learn that like generally a page is a minute. So this movie was originally what, like four hours long? Oh my God. Um, and it was boiled down by brilliant editing and like a brilliant eye from Greta. And she's talked about how Noah helped her edit it and... It got down to, you know, the 90-minute version we know. That was so perfectly strung together. And then this year we got another perfectly edited Greta Gerwig screenplay in Little Women. Oh, um, so good. Yeah. She's just like... The way she strings scenes together is just so perfect. Right. And we've talked about before how she handles complicated relationships like <gasps> oh, she's better so than anyone it. else. Yeah. Um, and this is like where it all began. Right. right. Mom and the mom and her... Sorry, go ahead. Wait, no, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, have you read that one article that came out recently where that like anonymous guy like wrote about his um, who he voted for? Oh, the anonymous Oscar voter. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like complained that like Greta didn't do a very good job like with the timeline. Yeah. And he's like, I shouldn't have to have a scorecard I to know. like um, have to keep track of like the past and the present. And it's yeah. like she literally like color coded. Yeah, thing. exactly. Like, yeah. And, like, that whole running joke about, like, straight guys can keep up with Inception, but, like, can't keep up with Little Women. Oh, my God. Wait, I haven't heard yeah, that. That's it's, hilarious. It's hilarious, yeah. yeah. Or any Nolan movie, really. Right, right, exactly. And, like, there are literally scenes in Little Women where they're, like, you know, how was school today? So, like, that should obviously signify that they yeah. were in the past. Yeah. But that made me think about, like, having that context rewatching Lady Bird. There are so many scenes where 
she reminds the audience that this was post 9-11, mm-hmm. right? Because there's always so much talk about, like, the war in Iraq and, mm-hmm. like, the actual 9-11 and, like, you know, you can't go up to the gates anymore mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And it's just yeah. so, like, I, I actually think she does a fantastic job with making sure that the audience is, is fully aware of where time and, yeah, and like yeah, where yeah. and when these characters are a hundo and yeah. never with expository dialogue either which i yeah love. um i think paul thomas anderson is also amazing at that but yeah i think um this movie in a different year absolutely would have won original screenplay mm-hmm. but it had such a fierce competitor in get out like, mm-hmm. which was a movie we'd never seen anything like it before mm-hmm. absolutely um it's okay that it lost to that but only to that right <laughs> Um, but yeah. And then this year, Greta lost again. Um, but I actually really liked Jojo Rabbit and thought the writing was the strongest part. And we love Taika Waititi. We love an indigenous win. Yes. We, yes. Um, That was fantastic. That was um, beautiful. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts, Kev? Any other moments? We could truly talk about this movie, this moment forever. Oh, Lori crying in the car. Yes. I, I mentioned we returned to this. So that year, um, Allison Jenny won Best Supporting Actress for I, Tanya, which mm. was amazing. Fully deserved. Fully deserved. However, I think Laurie was snubbed, and I think Laurie gave... Not snubbed because she was nominated, but like she should have won because I thought she gave the best performance on screen. Agreed. Regardless of yeah. category, right? Like um, supporting, leading, what have you. And again, any other year, she probably would have won, but um, it is like that moment when she's driving away from the, aer- the airport... And then drives back around and runs in and like collapses into Tracy Letts' arms. Yeah. That's what we call acting. That is what we call acting, honey. Oh my God. That scene made me collapse in the movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Oh, and oh my God, we didn't even discuss the moment when um, Lady Bird says, you're gay. That that scene when he he collapses into her arms behind the cafe. Oh, God, what a so what a like humanizing moment for Lady Bird, right? Because you know she did a really Greta Gerwig did a really good job of like showing us all the sides of Lady Bird, mm-hmm. and like to be honest, like yeah, like Lady Bird was a brat, yeah, right? like she totally was. And that scene starts with her being upset that um, upset at him, like how dare mm-hmm. you come here, da 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 da, and then when he shows his vulnerability, she snaps back into her like what I think is her authentic self, which is like Agreed. that kind, right kind um, like true true, true loving person yeah, yeah. and yeah she just that scene because she realizes right like this is more than this is more than just about me this right. is something bigger than me yeah, yeah, yeah and she realizes that this moment is truly for him yeah also like lucas hedges yeah he's so good he's really good in that so yeah. so good in yeah. this movie yeah so adorable he's really 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 great um have you um ever so like we were prior to recording this we both talked about how we now own the movie Mm -hmm. have you ever paused at the notes that laurie metcalf's character wrote to ladybird and her father like snuck them into her into her luggage no oh my goodness okay so please do this listeners if you haven't done this please okay we're getting an easter egg but also do it in um in a place where you can fully express your range of human emotions because <laughs> i paused it and like I, there's like three different letters that you read and basically to set it, so to set it up um ladybird is about to go to college right and mm-hmm. the night before they have the driver to the airport laurie metcalf's character 
is in the kitchen table. I mean, this is the after their, their, their spree of not speaking with yes, her. Yes, she yeah. wouldn't talk to her, right? Which also, yeah. like, that scene. Because, oh, again, so if you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. Lori's character thinks that um, Lady Bird's going to go to UC Davis, which is quite close to Sacramento, and Lori's father, played by the fucking brilliant Tracy mm-hmm. Letts, um, helps her to apply and eventually get into NYU. Right. And so um, the night before they go to the airport, you can see Lori's character... Um, in the kitchen and she's writing just a lot a lot and but she'll write it and then she'll like scratch it out and then like throw it into the trash bin and so you're like what is she writing and you see that her father sneaks in these letters into her luggage when they're not watching mm-hmm. and she's in um in her dorm and which by the way is like is like nyu right Basically, yeah, yeah. I, I i actually did i just like assign that to the movie do they ever say where she gets into? No, I think they also, like, have to hide. Like, there's that one scene where she gets a letter from Columbia, but she, like, her finger's, like, covering the the first half of the word. Oh, Columbia. yeah, maybe they, like, couldn't get the... Maybe, I don't know. Rights. I don't know. I'm assuming it's NYU because Same. I lived in the West Village for a year and have gone by that church that she stops at at the oh, end really? so many times. Yeah. Um, and that's right where, like, the majority of the NYU buildings and um, housing is located. Right. Yeah. And she's such an NYU girl. You know, that's oh, where all the yeah. culture is. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you what, sweetie, that moment of her and that guy when he's like, greatest hits. That's such an NYU. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she goes into her luggage and she's reading all these letters and she's calling her dad from her, quote unquote, emergency only flip phone. Mm-hmm. And OK, so. Basically, you find out that the reason why the mom and Lady Bird have such a complicated relationship is Laurie Metcalf's character wasn't able to conceive a child, right? Which explains her adopted older brother, Miguel. Right. And she's writing about the day that she finally gives birth to Lady Bird. And oh, yeah. Can my you please God. go rewatch I'm it? I'm getting goosebumps just thinking. Yeah. And oh my God, I could cry right now. But she's basically saying that she's so sorry that she's had such a complicated relationship with her daughter. And there's this one letter where she's like, I'm jealous of the relationship that you have with your father. And I wish you could see how amazing you are. And I'm so proud of everything that you've accomplished. But you don't see any of this in the movie, right? Yeah. And there's a brilliant part where one of the letters was just, you know, I wish I could tell you this, but and it just cuts off. And she stops writing and she probably crumbles it up and just because she can't bring up like she can't say I love you. Yeah. She, she, they have such a complicated relationship. And, you know, in parallel, you have Lady Bird's character where she's so exasperated. and She's like, you know, I love you. I just. And then cuts. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you just see so many parallels between the mom and the daughter. And they have such a complicated relationship. And but. Okay. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. Listeners, you're getting a little insight. Um <laughs> It's brilliant. And shows you the care of, like, the details they took when, like, Mm. set decorating, um, props, production design, what have you, to, like, really... The fact that Greta took the time to write what this character would have said is, like, ugh. Um, And it reminded me so much of that one scene in Juno, where... My favorite movie. Pandering. So good. He Um, knows his audience, ladies and gentlemen. That's his only vice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Orange Tic Tacs where he's my only vice. the, The scene where she, like, hangs up, the mom hangs up the letter that Juno gives to her like mm-hmm. if you're still up for it i'm still i'm still mm-hmm. in or something mm-hmm. like that like yeah and it was on a yellow piece of paper mm-hmm. and it was hung up like uh, i just it reminded me of that scene yeah. in juno so yeah. i loved it another so moment another brilliant screenwriter brilliant. Miss diablo cody yeah 
Where has um, she been? What is she up to? You don't um, really hear from her much. She anymore. just wrote the book for Jagged Little Pill that Alanis Morissette Broadway oh, musical. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what she's been up to for oh, a while. Oh, interesting. Um, that. Before that, though, she was doing Tully, which was another Jason Reitman. Yes. Um, and oh my God, do you remember Whip moment. It? Yes. So brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I do so remember good, Whip yeah. It. Yeah. Um, and Diablo Cody also like wrote or produced some TV show, but I can't remember what it is. Maybe like. Am I thinking like Miss Fletcher or something? I don't know. Should we have the um, producer look it up? Yeah, 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 producer, yeah. Can you just go ahead and look that up? For yeah, us, yeah. Please? We're gonna. Um, there's been so many producer jokes on this <laughs> podcast already. Um, the producer is um, sort of me. Um, and then, what do you think she says? What do you think she's gonna say when she's like, "I love you." I just or, or I. She says, "I think it's I love you." I'm dot 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 dot. I love you. And then she hangs up. All right. I think she's going to say, I'm sorry. I, I, I was just thinking. Okay. That. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same. Yeah. Apologize. I totally think she wants to say that she's sorry. And like, wow. It was like, what her first night in New York. <laughs> yeah. And then she just completely becomes a new person. Yeah. It's very um, bad. It's because she really has like a New York experience. She goes to that party. She gets right. drunk. She wakes up in the hospital drunk yeah. and then walks to a fucking church right. hungover. Can I be honest? Yeah. If Lady Bird was a real person, uh huh. I don't know if I would get along with her. <laughs> You have know, you that's, that? that's, yeah, I have not thought about that, but I'm thinking about it now. Um, cause sometimes like when you meet someone who's like too much like you, you like see all the things that like you, you don't like about yourself. About yourself. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Wisdom yeah. <laughs> listeners. You're getting some wisdom. Um, wow. Yeah. So I'm clinically obsessed with this movie. Um, it really just, it gets like better and better every time. Agreed. It's it, it, like, it set a new standard for coming of age. Right. Quite frankly. Right. Um, and I think this year book smart really added to that canon of wonderful coming of age movies. As right. Well. Um, did you have any other thoughts? Well, um, I, 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 you know, I do have one of the critiques that I've always had about movies in general and, you know, what get categorizes as, a quote-unquote good movie and, and mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. that's not is almost always like, you know, a good movie is always like uh, uh, about war, right? Like yeah, Dunkirk, 1917, yeah, yeah. all these movies, Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. And like, while I'm sure they're technically... <laughs> Which I love all those movies. <laughs> right. And like, uh, listener, you don't know this about me, but Dylan does. I have very strong opinions on war movies. Yeah. And it's essentially... Um, Did you ever see Dunkirk? Did you ever end up seeing it? Because no. I think that was the same year. Yeah. No. Wasn't it? 2017? Right. And I could live my entire life without seeing it. Okay, fair. I know you've recommended it, and I, I'm sure it's technically perfect. Yeah. But I'm just I obsessed with I just Nolan. don't believe that we should be creating more movies about war. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, Dunkirk was very much different because it was about a very specific story that doesn't mm-hmm. get told often. And the, the reason I like that one is because, the, the I mean, it's obvious what war it is, but the enemy is never, like, it's never about killing the enemy. It's mm-hmm. about surviving. Right. But anyway. But for me, it's like, I think that in 2020, like, we've had all these, you know, quote unquote, great war movies. And it's like, we don't need to be telling those stories anymore. Like, yeah. I, I just, I honestly think that, like, you know, producers shouldn't be funding these movies. Like there are so many other stories that I want to hear about. And, you know, granted if it's a war, if it's like a war movie, but it's about like, you know, a famous like black female nurse or something, then like, I want to hear that story. Right. 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 I I don't think that war movies should be produced anymore because if you think about it, a lot of these wars were like in the forefronts were fought by like, you know, um, like white people. Right. And like whenever you have a, a movie about war, 
you're essentially having a cast full of white men. Yeah. And you don't ever get to sort of like hear the sides of like other marginalized folks. And yeah, that's just something that I, I think moving forward, we just don't need more of, but like granted, I know that these are also the movies that like people want to see and like they go to the theaters to see it. And so I get why they're produced, but I just think that like stories like Moonlight, stories like Lady Bird, Mm. you know, stories like the farewell, like it doesn't have to be all action at all times. Right. And I think that, you can be good at, at making movies. And we clearly see that with Greta Gerwig and like with Lulu Wang. It's like, you can tell these other stories that are important. And I think that film writers should be, t- we should be giving them a chance to tell these stories. Hanopi. Yeah. But Snaps I know that's, to that. Kids. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but No, I, I don't <laughs> think it's like as unpopular now. I think with like social media and um, uh, the accessibility of, film now in general um people want and people are seeing these movies do well and so producers i think now are like okay yeah we need to start like right we need to start appealing to other people or we're gonna completely lose them right Right, totally like stories like the farewell that you mentioned like this year um and that's why i think parasite winning was such a huge deal historic because first of all it's about the poor eating the rich basically right um all korean cast five sentences in English. Um, Korean director, first time a South Korean movie had been even entered into the mm-hmm. Oscars. So like, it was just such a huge watershed moment for the film industry in general. And I'm very curious to see if we keep it up because right, right. famously, in right three years in a row, we had Spotlight, which is a movie about journalists taking down the Catholic Church. Um, we had Moonlight, which mm-hmm. is about a gay black man. And we had Shape of Water, which was... Essentially, Romeo and Juliet, but right. like a, a woman, woman falling in love with the falling fish. in love with the fish. Yeah. So like all these like really interesting, strange in the shape in in the case of Shape of Water, strange. Um, in the case of um, Moonlight and Spotlight, like necessary stories being told, and then we got fucking rewarded, quote unquote rewarded right. with Green Book. Yeah. So it was like just when we thought the Academy was like maybe swinging a different way, they chose Green Book as the as the winner, which was like what America wishes the story of racism was mm-hmm. like, it's done when really it's like an evolving story. Um, so it was really, I thought it was really exciting to see Parasite win. And I'm curious to see if we'll keep that. Right. Up. And there was also the layer of the fact that like Roma was a Netflix produced movie. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, that's I, always going to be the narrative. I think it would have won if it wasn't a Netflix film. Yeah. The Academy's addicted to Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, exactly. So it makes no, like, that's the one, like, you know, in the past seven years, there's only been one white director winner. Right. Insane. And yet best picture movies are still always like led by white men. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, except, you know, Moonlight and Shape of Water, right? And now Parasite. So like, there's a, hopefully there's a, there's a slow change coming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, was I going to, I was going to say something about, um, directors yeah but yeah so we had we had Bong Joon-ho this year last year it was Alfonso Cuaron mm-hmm. the year before that it was in R2 I believe for The Revenant um year before or somewhere did somewhere, Guillermo not win Guillermo did win yeah but I'm I'm losing track of when that happened anyway so like of basically like six out of five out of the six years it was all Mexican directors and mm. only three of them mm. it was three Mexican directors that claimed five trophies right and in the middle in the middle was damien chazelle who um is a white guy but was also the youngest best director winner ever so Mm -hmm. it's like 
um, hopefully the academy is like taking note. Like we, these different minds and different perspectives right. are it's changing. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Um, anyway, that was our that was us going absolutely orf on the Oscars. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think if there was like any little other. I love like also the little stuff like the puka shell necklace. Oh my god, so um, all the time, yeah, and like the Justin Timberlake, yes, playing in the house yes, party, yes, yes, yeah. Um, the the nun saying six inches for the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, Beanie having a crush on her teacher. Um, when she says yes out loud. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And then I also really loved. Um, they're in the. Uh, f- where are they? I think they're like they're sitting outside of school after the performance. Or maybe they're lying in a field at this point and Lucas Hedges, or Sersha says to Lucas Hedges, you know you can touch my boobs, right? Yes. And he yes. says, yeah, I know. I just respect you too much for that. Right. Exactly. If that <laughs> is not the line of every queer kid oh, right, exactly. Up, like, it's, and that's just another testament to like Greta really like nailing It's the dialogue. The, yeah. the dialogue was yeah. so spot on. Yeah. Um, do you remember, and this is sort of like an honorable mention for me for like one of my favorite scenes is... When she's when Lady Bird is talking to the nun, her teacher, mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, I read your college essay. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I'm so yes. glad you brought this up. Yes. Yes. And yes. 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 Keep she's going. like, um, you really seem to love Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And Lady Bird was like, I don't know. I was just like, yeah. I guess I just paid attention to it. And yeah. then she says, Oh my God. Well, don't you think they're the same thing? Love, love and, and attention. attention? Yes. Oh. oh my God. I'm obsessed with that scene. Um, I think about that scene a lot <laughs> because I, I I think about that with my writing too. Like as I was rewatching this, and I over the past few years I've been writing so much more, and so now to revisit this after this whole like renaissance of writing for me has been was like really cool because I was thinking about things that I write about my hometown where like I'm like I could never go back there. In many ways, it was damaging, but in so many ways, I loved it. Right. And when I write about something that I really love, I do find that like. Even, or let me retract. When I write about something that I'm passionate about, there is so much more evidence of attention. Mm-hmm. And does that read as love? And are they the same thing? Right. And so when I was rewatching that scene, I was like, oh my God. Right. Again, it just shows like the eye of Greta to like pick up on these things and then translate it into right. Can you imagine if that college essay was like the very first draft of like the screenplay for this movie? Right, right. I, I mean, it could be. Yeah, it's very you never autobiographical. Know. Yeah. I mean, autobiographical. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I love this movie so much. Yes. Um, the final segment is, if you liked this, you'll love this. Yes. Where we, you know, recommend movies that are like this, whether in like theme or story or feel or um, someone in the cast that you might love. Do you have any suggestions? Kat? Right. Um. I mean, if you liked Lady Bird, then chances and you've watched Lady Bird, chances are you've already watched Booksmart. Like, yeah, it's that very was mine much. Too. <laughs> if you liked Lady Bird, you'll yeah. love Booksmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast already, but The Farewell, yes, right, yeah. very coming of age. Mm-hmm. Watch it is also a very great coming mm-hmm. of age movie. Um, and the thing I love about Farewell is it sort of deals with the same thing, where yes. like you see Aquafina sort of teeter tottering between mm-hmm. like which culture do I which culture do I accept, like. Right my American upbringing or my Chinese roots. And with Lady Berg, you see her teeter-tottering with, um, do I accept my California roots to blossom in New York right. or like, do I just leave that? Right. Yeah. So, so brilliant. Yeah. And um, finally, do you remember Boyhood? Do I? <sighs> Bitch. Of course. Yeah. 
Boyhood that was has so a very good. similar feel too. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and um, Boyhood for those of you who haven't seen was Richard Linklater's like oh, sort of game changing movie so where, that he filmed yeah. over twelve years or years, something like that. Right. Yeah. So it basically follows the same um, child actor mm-hmm. like Robbie as a Coltrane. child, and then like follows him as he becomes like a teenager. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah. brilliant. Patricia Arquette in her Oscar-winning role. Yes, God. Um, and have you watched Honey Boy? I have not yet. It, uh, yeah. The, do you the, find that they're similar? Yeah. The okay, boy, great. The male ladybird, essentially. Oh, yeah, okay. I highly recommend it. Interesting. Yeah. It is like, it is very um, personal yeah. too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I agree with all of those. Um, another coming-of-age movie that I love that's like very... Um, uh, location-centric is 20th, 20th Century Women. Mm. Um, so much of that movie mm. relies on the feel of Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, Greta Gerwig is also in that. Yes. Um, she's in that one. Not um, She didn't have any writing or directing, right. but um, that movie is another one that like really hits you based on the way that it makes you feel. Um, really specific writing, really specific characters. Um I, that's a really great one and um the way way back have you mm. heard of that one no i haven't um that's one with tony collette and steve carell um my rudolph is such a great cast, oh, wow. um, what a cast yeah it's so good it's about a kid who um it's like you know coming of age with you know parents that he's struggling um to understand and he like doesn't really know who he is and then he meets all these older people that sort of help um guide him and it's really lovely. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think another um, preeminent coming of age movie is Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, so I think um, so good. if you love Lady Bird, any of those movies yeah. will we'll check the same boxes. Yes, absolutely. We'll sort of diddle your clittle in yeah. the same way. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. I a question. So, oh, okay, we're tables of turn. <laughs> um, a question that I've been thinking a lot about is what is the first movie or like film that you've watched that really made you appreciate like cinema Mm. as you're thinking about your answer yeah i'll I'll tell you mine so i think the very first time i really paid attention to like the oscar circuit and movies in general and realized like how good it can be Mm -hmm. was slumdog millionaire Mm -hmm. and to this day one of my favorite scenes in any piece of cinema you know that was the last movie to win best picture without any acting nominations yep 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 and then parasite now and the the scene that i always think about is that one scene where um dev patel the main character his character's like you know childhood crush he loses her throughout the movie and then he finally gains um contact with her again and it's a scene where she's at the train station mm-hmm. and you can see like the rush of the trains moving past her mm-hmm. but you still see her and she's like smiling and looking gorgeous. oh yeah 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 oh, that scene is so yeah i so forgot good. about that that yeah. is a great scene what is the movie that you know i was actually just thinking about this i was like what was the movie that made me be like oh, movies are it. Yeah. Because like I've always l- obviously loved movies. I think the first one, I mentioned this on a, an, an episode uh, with Taylor, on our, my episode with Taylor. Um, I mentioned how Superstar was like the moment that I was like, oh, comedy oh is the tea. Yeah. Um, and that's the first movie that I remember being like truly obsessed with. Like would mm-hmm. watch it over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, but in terms of like, movies as like art or like as a reflection of society and not just like entertainment 
Oh, that's so hard. Um, <laughs> Very on the spot. Sorry. Yeah, about that. no, that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an answer. Oh gosh, maybe like um, a Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh yeah. Or um, or or the movies of um, Paul Thomas Anderson, who I've mentioned is my favorite director. Like seeing There Will Be Blood the same year as Juno. Um, oh, and I mean, of course, Juno. Like seeing Juno in the theater and like yeah. absolutely dying laughing with my best friend mm-hmm. that I grew up with. Um, that was a really special moment for me in terms of films and writing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are probably some some benchmark moments when Moonlight won and like discovering the works of um, Barry Jenkins yes. and discovering movies by Sean Baker and how he illuminates, you know, the world, the worlds of the disenfranchised. And was that Florida project? Florida project, oh. Tangerine. Oh my um, God, Tangerine. And fun fact, I used to live underneath his sister, but yeah, I, I will put in the notes if I think of anything else of this episode. Yes, please um, do. But those were some of the ones that I, I remember sticking out being like, Oh, this is like to be annoying film this yeah, is cinema, yeah, yeah right cinema <laughs> um, and then i when i got the criterion channel then i was all over that like ex- um, exposed me to like foreign films and um i would say the first movie that really exposed me to like foreign films too was um okja one of bong joon ho's mm, recent yet, um uh forays um it was on netflix and um i watched it and was like oh this is really interesting like People, filmmakers in other countries are doing things way more interesting than American <laughs> directors are doing. Um, and then, like, that exposed me to Wong Kar Wai. And, like, um, I've recently gotten to, you know, Kurosawa. And so, like, um, I think the that social media is, like, really helping people um, connect with movies that they wouldn't otherwise know. Because, like, totally. again, living in the middle of nowhere, the movies that were coming to the movie theater were not Lady Bird. They were not Moonlight. Right. They were not The Shape of Water. They were, like... Rocky Six, Fast and the Furious Eighteen, like right. you know, exactly. like all these type exactly. franchise movies. But yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. Sometimes Millionaire is a great answer, though. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. But anyway, um, Kevin, this has been a joy. Oh my god, this has been so to much talk fun. about this movie is just the best. Um, I love it so much. If you guys haven't watched it yet, what the Phuket yeah, are you it's waiting for now? So yeah, it's on Amazon. Yeah, um, but also. You can buy it on iTunes, like I did the second it came out. Yeah, support um, female directors. Yes, God, mama. <laughs> and um, I'm so excited to see what Greta will do next. Agreed. Yeah, same. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, definitely have you back. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.